Well, welcome home, everybody. Good to see the family. Missed you guys, and I'm excited about our year together. This is a, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with this time of year. It's just, uh, it's hard to recover, <clears throat> but I love routine. I love getting in the middle of a good routine that works, and just working that. And I love being around you guys, my new family. And I love my other family, but I really love you guys, and it's good to be back. This is also, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with this time of year because I always eat too much during the holidays. So the reason why I got the big sweater on today is I gained 10 pounds over the holidays. <laughs> Hoping to lose that before too long. Uh, but I thought it would make a good analogy for us to think about because I have tried so many diets in my life because I like to eat and it results in me getting larger than I want to be. Tried diets and different programs, different health clubs and whatever. But I think it's a good intro for this reason. You know, just thinking about my stages of, of dieting and how I've kind of gone from one thing to the other. Uh, th- there were some of those diets that I, I bought into because somebody else did it and, uh, and they really liked it. But the truth was that those people liked it because they could eat a lot of food. Right? Like the... Atkins diet. You can eat all the meat you want. I mean, what man doesn't like that diet? So you just eat meat for a long time, and then your weight drops, and as soon as you eat the first piece of bread, it goes right back where it was. I've discovered that by experience, right? But I let people talk me into that, but it's the wrong people. I let the people that love to eat talk me into a diet that would make me lose pounds, and then I would gain them right back. So that didn't work for me. So maybe it works for the rest of you. I'm not downing your diet. If you've chosen to start the new year and you just made a resolution, you're going to get on Atkins, just go ahead. But just remember, when you puff back up, that I said it. I've I've tried that. I've tried, uh, you know, exercising in different ways. You know, I I thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do something that doesn't have a long-term commitment to it because how many times have I joined the health club, LAC, and for a year, and paid out nine months of that year without ever going in the door, or going in the door, and here's my workout. I park as far away from the door as possible because that's the only workout I get is going in there to get coffee, free coffee, sit at the table and talk to a bunch of fat guys about how, and sometimes sweat if it's hot enough in there, and the coffee's good and hot, and we sweat, and then we walk back to our car, so I learned to park you know, a good distance away. There's my workout. But I've never been like Carrie, CrossFit, all about it, you know, hordes of people excited about showing up, never, never experienced that. But finally, a few, few, well now, two years ago, I lost 38 pounds and I've kept it off pretty good up until, you know, this last two weeks. But, you know, two years almost of 38 pounds lighter and I've enjoyed the result of that and I've, I've learned to eat differently and and so I've got some things that I can talk to you about. Now, interestingly enough, when I was not committed to those diets or to the workouts, nobody asked me, where are you working out, man? You really look fat. <laughs> nobody looked at me and said, man, you look the same. Where have you been working out? You know, or, you, you really look the same and maybe a little bigger, so how have you been eating? Nobody asked for my advice when they saw my size because it was, it, those things didn't work for me, right, ultimately. 
Here's a, here's a vision and picture that God's given me, and we're going to grab this and go with it this week. I'm going to remind us of some places we've been this past year, and then I'm, gonna, you know, I'm just going to give you a big picture for this next year. But ultimately, I think, I think we have, we have maybe, st- maybe we're still kind of treating, I know we all have treated our relationship with God that way to a certain degree. You know, we've changed churches because one worked better, because you know, somebody said they really liked it, and so we went over there. And then we found out there was no, there's nothing lasting in, in, inside that ultimately lasted and, and had its effect for the whole year, you know, for our, the rest of our life. And we've all had those experiences. We've switched from one church, one method to another, one style of worship to another, one um, theology to another, one focus to another, uh, whatever, one trend to another, you know, um, and we've, we've all done that, and, and we've all come up looking for something else. One thing I, I really believe about you guys is that you're not looking for anything else. I don't worry about people that come and join the gathering place going and looking for something else. If you're looking for something else, I really think one of two things is true. Either you don't belong here or you just really didn't get it. Because this is, for me, this is it. I mean, I get to walk through my relationship with God. It's very organic. I get to walk it out, and I get to walk it out with people that believe the same way I do. We're all walking it together. We're not trying to worry. We're not worried about how many people come. We're just walking with God. And that's a beautiful thing, man. That's, <clears throat> that, that, is a, that, that is what we have to offer. But the beauty of it, the biggest, the best beauty of it, I think we're still waiting to see. And that is when people say, man, what is it that you're doing spiritually? that they see us and they encounter us and experience us. And I, we have seen that, and all of you probably have seen it in some ways. But as a church, that, that the nations are looking at us, if you will, in the Zechariah text, that, that people outside of Christ are looking at us and saying, I want to grab you by the hand. Ten, ten, of, ten, ten people out there are grabbing us by the hand and saying, we want to go with you because God is with you. It's obvious God is with you. What you're, what you're showing in your life is more than just what you can grab in a trendy service on a Sunday morning or a, 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 a new fangled group that meets in a home. What, what, you're, what you're experiencing, what you're, what you're putting out is that there's something lasting that's going on in you that I want that. I want that. And that's, that's where I think God wants us to go this year. I think, I think we're at a place where we can go this, we can go here with God this year. Now, last year, if you remember, when we started the year off, we started off talking about our ABCs. I want to bring us back and, and kind of bring us back to this place again. But just keep that illustration in your mind is, you know, is your diet working? <laughs> Not literally, but is your spiritual diet working? Are you fulfilled? Are you, are you, are you changing enough? Are you, is, is what you know about God and what you've gained, the knowledge you've gained about God, is it changing you inside and then outside so that people around you are saying, man, what happened to you? And, and can I go with you where you're going? Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. We started last year off this, or this year. We're still in this year, half a day. 
This is where we started. It says, at this time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. And listen, we are trying not to be complicated here, right? We're trying not to pursue structure in, uh, in some machine that works. We're trying not to be somebody and be smart and be... You know, have all the answers. We're trying to just be simple because, look, Jesus says this truth, these mysteries that God has for the world have been hidden from the wise and given to us because we are little children. And that's who we, we embrace being little children. We don't, have to be, we don't have to be somebody special, just little kids enjoying God. He says in verse 27, all things have been committed to me by my father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so God gave us this expression of an easy yoke. Y'all, y'all ready? Remember? Beginning of last year, all year long, God gave us this expression of an easy yoke. Do your ABCs. How hard is that? Do your ABCs. Abide in Christ. Bless people. And commit to community. Now, if I would ask you to evaluate yourself based on just those things as you know them, how did you do? I mean, our, our, our attempt, we, we were trying not to complicate anything, but really to kind of simplify everything, to take all the different focuses that might have been ours in our life groups and all these different directions we were going and just say, let's just simplify and take on the easy yoke of Christ, which is just abide in me. And that will make you a blessing to others, and that will make you commit to community with one another. I, 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 for one, need to do a better job this year of doing my ABCs. Would, Would you agree? Say, oh, yeah. We need to do a better job of doing our ABCs because it's when we do our ABCs that ultimately we're going to come become that people, that, that folks in the community are saying, we want to go with you because God is with you taking his yoke upon us, really. What is that? That is abiding. It's standing in Christ. It's being connected with him. And the the question that we asked at the beginning of last year as we began to preach through uh, the the Gospels was this. It was a question that Philip asked. Verse 8 of chapter 14 of John. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? You still do not know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in, in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. These works are not works that I can do, a man can do. These are works of the Father being done through me. So at the start of last year, we read this passage, began our year in the Gospels, and we made these observations at the very beginning. Philip 
statement is a cry that comes from the heart, I believe, of the gathering place. It's a cry that comes from the heart of the gathering place churches. And ultimately, I believe it's a cry that also comes from from our community around us. Show us the truth about who God is. Show us the truth about who God is, and it will be enough. And And so our series all year long has been, Jesus is enough. He's enough. And we saw him in the Gospels and all of his encounters with, with people in the Gospels. Literally, uh, the, the question of Philip was show or make known the character or significance of the Father by visual, auditory, and gestural and linguistic means. And it will be enough. It wasn't, it's not just enough for you to talk to me about him. Show me the Father. Show us the Father. And so we looked at Jesus and we saw the Father. We saw the Godhead. We, we saw the character of God, the character, the significance of the Father. We saw that this, this year. I hope you did. I think you did. As we talked in life groups, it seemed like we were seeing Jesus for who he really was. We were coming to some great new revelations and some deep deepening our understanding and strengthening some of the understandings that we already had about Jesus this year by walking through the Gospels and seeing him. Visually seeing him, auditorily hearing him speak, watching him as he encountered people. And it's enough. It's sufficient or adequate for the purpose that leads us to satisfaction, the purpose that God has for us, leading us to satisfaction. So as we cried out this year to God to show us himself, as we cried out as God and place churches to God to show himself, I believe that what he showed us was certainly enough to be sufficient for the, uh, for the purpose that God has for us as a church. What he showed us about himself is enough to be sufficient for us. And that, it, and that if we walk in the things that we've learned about God, if we encounter him in these ways, that it will lead to complete satisfaction. We won't be looking anywhere else for satisfaction. It's not going to matter about our circumstances or our, our life uh, problems, our issues, our, our whether we're blessed or not. We're going we're gonna to be satisfied with the truth that we've discovered about God. So we've discovered in the Gospels, in our own experiences, that Jesus is enough. Now, I want to just walk you through this. This may be tedious for you, but I hope you can have some memories about what we've discovered about God. I'm doing this quickly because it was a whole year, right? I'm not going to go back and preach the sermons. I just want to remind you of what we've learned about God. Do you remember this? We learned that Jesus finishes what he starts. We learned that Jesus is our righteousness and our example. We learned that Jesus initiates intimacy with us. He doesn't wait on us to come to him. He initiates intimacy with us. We learned that Jesus tells us the truth about ourselves, that he doesn't want us to live our lives in some Uh, acting a certain way, but he knows the truth, and he tells us the truth if we'll listen. He wants us to be truthful, to be honest. We're going to talk more about that this year because I think so much of of what we encounter and experience with God is us being honest with ourselves, honest with others, and honest with God. He tells us the truth about ourselves. We learn that Jesus is personal at the wedding in Cana, that he meets us where we are and takes care of our needs, and he blesses us where we are. We learn that Jesus keeps our worship pure when he cleansed the temple. We, we learn that Jesus 
sees inside of our hearts when he, when he found Peter and John and they weren't pursuing him and they, they were fishing and, and Jesus saw what was in their hearts and he, and he met them there. We learn that Jesus keeps or offers repentance to all, not just to the Jews but also to the Gentiles. We learn that Jesus changes communities and we're going to spend this year talking about that. But at the, of all places, the woman at the well who had five husbands, the one she's with now that was not her husband. That Jesus changed that community in a matter of seconds when that woman went into the community and his disciples came back and didn't understand what was going on. And Jesus says, look, the field is wide in the harvest and here comes a laborer who's reaped. And it was the woman that had just become a disciple who already went into the town. And before she left there, before he left there, the, the town said, we no longer believe because of what this woman said. We believe because we have seen. Man, what? Come on, that's what we want to see happen in this town. So Jesus changes communities, and we're praying for that for us. But it doesn't just happen by, uh, by accident, and it doesn't happen without us being involved. Jesus wants to use us. He wants us to encounter him and to, to know him in such a way that others' lives are changed. Initially, they come because of us, but eventually, their own lives are changed. Jesus offers repentance to all Jesus speaks with authority, we learned in the synagogue of Capernaum. He has power over Satan when he healed the demon-possessed man in the temple there. Jesus dies with us. The thief on the cross, at Easter we talked about that story of dying with Jesus, the simple gospel that, that was portrayed there when we die to ourselves and we see Jesus for who he is. That Jesus takes joy in us. I love that, man. That's changed me. That he takes joy in us when we're abiding in him and experiencing him and, and taking joy in him, that he takes joy in us. That we learned that Jesus is our healer when he healed Peter's mother-in-law and all the others at Capernaum. We learned about the healing of Christ. That Jesus is, is the author of faith. That Jesus is our defender when the disciples were picking grain and needed to be defended. That Jesus brings truth to life. Uh, remember the story of the calming of the storm, storm, and we went back and for the first time for me, saw all that Jesus was doing prior to that to set him up for that moment that he was taking them to, that, to the point of understanding that they can be calm in the middle of a storm. And he brings that truth to life. He tells us things, but then he shows us things. That's why it's so important that we, that we come to know him by experience and not just in our heads. Jesus talks behind our backs. Remember that about John the Baptist? But when he's talking, he's saying good things. He's focused on, he, he doesn't focus on anything else other than what he's done in our lives. It's, it's who he is. That Jesus ministers through us when he sent out the 12 and the 72. That he ministers through us. That we, by his name and through his power, get to do things and experience things that, that we would never experience on our own. And then he rejoiced over them when they came back. So again, Jesus rejoices over us. Jesus guides us into new understanding. The story of the Good Samaritan. He took him into this new understanding. Jesus desires us, us over our service. Will preached on the story of Mary and Martha that he desires us more than he does our service. That's such a huge thing for us to understand. So many of us have been caught up in working for God and God wants us to work with him and to know him first. And so we got that message of from Christ. Jesus teaches us to pray. Jesus sets us free. The woman caught in the act of adultery was set free. Jesus reveals his glory in us. 
even through our terrible circumstances that we never knew were going to happen. You talked about the blind man, the man that was born blind, and, and everybody wondered, why, what's, who sinned that this man was born blind? Jesus says, he was born this way for one reason, that God might be glorified. So we look at all of our circumstances, and we realize that in every circumstance, Jesus is going to take care of that, that he is, he is going to reveal his glory in us if we allow him to. We also saw that Jesus' glory demands a response, the response of the people to that blind man. And how, anytime we see the, the work of God, there, there's a response that's demanded. That Jesus brings us to total dependence, the children that were brought to Christ, and then the rich man and how those stories compare with one another. He brings us to that point of total dependence on him, and life does that, and Jesus uses our life circumstances to bring us to a point of total dependence. Remember that. That Jesus is the resurrection and the life we learned in the story of Lazarus. That Jesus receives sinners. Love that. We talked about the abiding, the abiding cycle, and we talked about the gathering place and where our name came from, remember? That notorious sinners, Luke 15, 1, notorious sinners were gathering around Jesus to hear what he had to say. Why? Because he got a reputation of being one that received sinners. A man of God who received sinners. Man, I hope we get that, that that you get that and you see Jesus as that, but also I hope we are that. That Jesus promotes passion when when Mary anointed Jesus' feet and he stood in her defense and he promoted her passion for him. That Jesus is humble. When he, when he sits in the place of least honor and heals the man with dropsy while all these people are trying to, to get the best seats in the house at the, at the feast. That Jesus, is, or Jesus justifies the broken, the prayer of the Pharisee and the tax collector when Jesus says, this man went away justified. When we're broken, that's a good thing. It's a good place to be. Jesus justifies us. He takes care of us. Jesus quiets disputes between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were talking about what is the greatest command. Jesus quieted their dispute by basically helping both of them to see their weaknesses. Jesus applauds faithful giving, the widow's might. Jesus helps us to overcome temptation. When he prayed and involved the disciples in the prayer at Gethsemane before his crucifixion. Jesus rewards our obedience. Uh, in the parable of the Aminas that Zach preached for us. Jesus is bold and courageous that he was bold enough to tell Herod, I'm going to do my father's work and you're not going to stop that. But then he also laments over Jerusalem. And then Jesus is our light and our life. We spent four, five Sundays talking about Jesus being the light and the life that's come into the world. Now, that may have been a little tedious for some of us. <laughs> and it was a little tedious for me this week as I went back and looked at that. But I'm going to tell you that as I looked at each sermon, it helped me to remember what I discovered about Christ. I, I know you guys know this. I don't, I don't know all these things about him. I know a lot about him intellectually, but I, I don't know these things by experience until I experience them myself. And the same is going to be true for you as it is for me. I feel confident that I can say uh, to the Holy Spirit, you will not be with me a day longer 
without me knowing you. I, I, I feel like out of this year, I can, I can confidently say, and I hope you can too, as Jesus asked Philip, how long will I be with you and you not know me? That I'm committed to this, if nothing else. Holy Spirit's not going to be in me one more day without me knowing him. I'm going after knowledge of God. I hope you are too. I hope that you've been convinced to pursue God. Jesus has certainly shown us his beautiful character as we've done this study in the, in the Gospels and looked at his encounters with people. I hope that you have embraced those things and that, it's been, that you are encountering God and experiencing God in those ways in your life. I hope this reminder has helped you to maybe today to take some of the things that we've learned and put them back into place because it's Satan's goal in our lives is to take those things that we've learned about God and to pull them out of our heads before we can experience them and seal them in an experience with his Holy Spirit. It's just head knowledge until that, that experience gets sealed. So Jesus has shown us these things, and it's been a great year in his word, and I've, I've loved every second of it. I hope you have too. It's also been a good year for us because we've, I, in a sense, in my mind, we've reunited our churches. We're back together. I think we're all on the same page. The elders have met. We're strong. We, we worship together. We ordained elders together. We're committed to the same uh, distinctives. So I think, man, the reuniting of our churches has been huge for us this year, something we can celebrate that God's done. I think our simple focus of the ABCs and beginning to engage those things has been good. But let me say also, church, we're not there, particularly with our Bs and Cs, but we're not really there with our As either. We need to be abiding in Christ. We need to be blessing people, and we need to be committed to community because God said to do it. And, and if we'll abide in him through obedience, we're going to encounter God in ways that none of us will be able to imagine this year. So I'm excited about the fact that we continue. this continues to be our main focus. We're not trying to, to complicate anything. Everything that we do at the gathering place will always be connected to the ABCs. Don't worry about all the other stuff. If it doesn't come out of abiding, we don't want to do it. Whatever it is that we're doing needs to come out of our abiding. Another thing is uh, we've been able to touch our neighborhood in, in fresh ways, in new ways, different people. This, this neighborhood is constantly changing. But this year through our Wednesday nights, the addition of our children's ministry and uh, Will and Bethany inviting us to step up to that and Rachel stepping up to begin that ministry with children and Peyton and uh, Kaylee coming to work with the children and all of our youth workers that have been working. Uh, but we have a new children's ministry on Wednesdays. And then, of course, all of our annual events that we'll do again this year, our Easter event and our trunk or treat at, at Halloween and our Christmas events. And uh, We've had numerous interactions with people in our neighborhood. And certainly Will and Bethany have had some great encounters uh, with the people in our neighborhood uh, that God ordained, some things, standing with people in this neighborhood through some really tough times that God has used uh, our church in this neighborhood. And so we're blessed to have been able to do that this last year. All again, just by abiding in Christ. It's amazing to me that we've been financially blessed the way that we have. We've come out again another year in the black. Well into the black, really. And every, every week it's, it's crazy to see how God works. And I've shared some of those stories. But to see how God moves and works in our finances as we just commit to abide in him. To do our ABCs and failing at that. But he's faithful. To provide. 
And so we've had a great year financially, and I appreciate you guys for that. Appreciate your faithfulness to give as the Lord has led. And then we've also had a, a wonderful year in regard to church planting. At the beginning of last year, God put on our hearts to begin to, that this was going to be a year for church plants. And, uh, and it, it didn't seem like that was going to be a year for church plants, but most of you know the stories that have happened so far. We've had a couple who came here from Ruston to visit their family here, and we ended up starting a church in Ruston that's a house church, um, and it's and it's still, we're still meeting. That's been almost, I guess, six months ago. We started that, that group, and the group's more committed. And, and uh, you know, we didn't know if it was going to be a church or not, but now they've committed to the church, and they've left their other church, and they're in. We're all committed to this small group that God's doing there. Don't know what God's doing yet with this beautiful family over here, with Lee and Regina and their, their kids, but they're here. I don't think it's by accident. As a matter of fact, I know it's not. I don't know what God's doing yet, but I know it wasn't an accident. But they're here. They're in Natchitoches. And we're praying through what God's going to do with them in Natchitoches. And we also have another uh, young man who I've been meeting with now for about uh, two months who's in the Jonesville area and is praying about planting a church there. And then we have uh, you know, our people in, in Tyler, Texas, who uh, we met with this past week. Who we're just talking and continuing to, to seek the Lord on what to do there. So God's doing that. God's planting churches. I, don't, I had no clue that it was going to happen the way that it's happening, but uh, we have purchased TGP Mobile. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what that is, it's not a website. It is a camper, and it's our second home. It's life and I are using it right now to go to Ruston, and we're ready to go other places. It's so unique that a church uh, would come together and support that kind of ministry. That we're not about filling this place full of people, but instead we're about, let's get out. Let's get out of here and let's spread this good news to other people. Let's spread this, this, this grace and this, this non-judgmental reception and this, this love for God and this pursuit of God together and honesty and authenticity. That we could spread that around because it, it's so desperately needed in, in this area. So, you know, those are things that we've done this past year not a big complicated list of things and we're not going to brag on ourselves because we're just doing what God told us to do but, but, but it's been interesting to see God unfold this plan so what about 2018 I don't have a lot to say about that but it's interesting as I was reading the passage that we started last year with or our sermon series with I read verse 14 or 12 through 21 and I believe it's defined there in the same passage look at it in John chapter 14 verses 12 to 21 it says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, which is consistent with my character, which is consistent with all these things that we've learned about Christ this last year, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. And the Father, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another help for, helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. You, Gnosko, know him. We talked about last week. 
You know him by experience. You know him by experience. You don't just have a head knowledge of God, Gathering Place Church. You know him by experience. You're walking with God through life, for he dwells with you and he will be in you. He's talking to disciples. He's never dwelled with us. He's always been in us. We get the blessing of the Holy Spirit living in us. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, you in me, and I in you. And here it is, guys. Verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself or reveal myself to him. That is our verse. That's our verse. God, has, God wants to reveal himself to us. He, he promises here that if we keep his commandments, we'll just obey. Just do your ABCs. Abide in him. Abiding is keeping his commandments. That's it. Then he promises to reveal himself to us. And what happens is once he reveals himself to us, then we become a community of people who know God. Y'all getting that? Or did everybody go to sleep from that long list of sermons? Listen, this is so significant for us right now. When, when you get the, get the picture off the church and get yourself in the limelight, when you begin to abide in Christ, that is, obey his commands, and he begins to reveal himself to you, when you do that and we become a community of people who are doing that, that's going to have a huge impact. When we start knowing God by experience, through obedience, then the world around us is going to notice, and they're going to say, God is with you. They're going to say, it's obvious God is with you, and we're going to have 10 take us by the hand and say, we're going with you because of one thing, it's obvious God is with you. They're not going to say, hey, can we come to your church because it seems like all the cool people go there, although they do. They're not going to say that. They're going to say, we want to go with you because God is with you, and it's evident that he's with you. So what does that mean for us this year? Number one, it means this. Vision number one. By the way, the difference between vision and action plan is vast. Okay, I'm not about to, uh, to cast an action plan. One thing I learned a long time ago is that uh, Henry Blackaby says it this way. When God speaks, <clears throat> he speaks by the Holy Spirit through the prayer, the Bible, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. I'm not about to jump on God's purposes with and say, here's the ways we're going to accomplish that. Until God unfolds a way, we're not, we're not going after a way. And here's the way God has mostly unfolded. By the way, the difference, purpose is vision. I'm about to show you, give you some purpose that God's given us for this year. Here's our purpose. How we unfold that vision can be as personal as you walking with a friend, as you personally. As a matter of fact, it has to be. You walking in your community, in your workplace, in your life group, you walking it out personally. It starts there, but then, it, then it's us as a congregation walking this way. Whatever God unfolds for us from week to week, it's manna for a day. God's always wanted us to act that way, to, to trust in him for tomorrow and the next day. Does he never give us a plan? No. He gives us a plan, so we, you know, we're going to do this Christmas thing, so we have time to prepare for it, and we make our plans. But God gives it to us, and he unfolds it. I don't know what he's going to unfold specifically, but I do know this. 
He wants us to be a community that blesses. There's our theme for the year. A community that blesses. That's who we're going to be this year. That's who God wants us to, that's what God wants us to focus on. So first of all, we need to strengthen our community. We need to commit to community. All right, we, we, are, we are half committed to community. Uh, you know, it's my biggest concern about going and planting churches is to leave our communities where they are, our, our life groups where they are. We need to commit to community, commit to each other in such a way that we are taking care of each other, we are blessing each other, we are serving each other, that that becomes a priority in our life. It's not a, something we do secondhand. We're not going to, God has something for us to do to demonstrate to this community around us, the lost world that needs to see the truth about who he is. And the saved world that needs to see the truth about who he is. But we need to commit to community. So we're going to be talking about that. I don't know how all God's going to unfold that, but I can promise you that when God blesses a community like he did, like he promised to do with Israel and Zechariah's prophecy, then people are going to want to grab you by the hand because they're going to know that God's with you. It also means that we're going to be blessing others as individuals. And by bless we mean begin with prayer, Listen to them, eat with them, serve them, share the message of Christ with them. Okay? I don't need to go any further than I, I'm not trying, this is not a guilt trip, but just ask yourself, have you blessed? Are you blessing people right now? Are you intentionally blessing people? Are there people that God's brought into your life that you're blessing? Now, I, I take for granted, and I know I've been in ministry for a long time, so there are times when I, I had to do put myself in places and evangelize because that's what preachers do. I don't do that anymore. I'm done with that. But I have, I did develop some habits that some of you have not developed. I had a, a couple ask me the other day, he said, well, where do, where do, how do we start? How do we start blessing people? We're going to talk about that this year. We're going to talk about how you start. But like Talitha and I sit in a coffee shop on Friday mornings in, we sit in a coffee shop every morning, but on Friday mornings it happens to be in Ruston. And we sit in this coffee shop, and, and I have now seven people, seven baristas that I know by name. Not because I'm good, I have a good memory. I write them down in my book. I start praying for them. I'm, I'm beginning with prayer. And I listen to them. I'm not trying to sh- shove the gospel in their face. But is it a coincidence that this past week we found a wanderer who's been, who's been satis- uh, trying to be satisfied with a, uh, a church that he knows is not where he needs to be. He's, he loves God. He's a worshiper of God, but he's, he's in a church where he's not getting, where he feels like he, there's nothing else he can do. Parents are missionaries in Turkey. He was part of a house church. That's what he's used to. Is that an accident? No, it's me just being in a place, being aware, having my ears open. So I know that some of you have not, are not used to that, but we need to begin to be used to that. We need to bless others this year, not just have a cool acrostic that we can say, oh, I know what it stands for. B stands for begin with prayer. You know, it's, this is, we need to do life this way. If we're going to be a blessing to this community, if we're going to be a community that blesses, we need to do it individually, and then we need to do it corporately. We need to ask God to give us opportunities as a body to be a blessing. Things like Mabel Brasher School. But committing to that, not just, you know, uh, you know, we need to commit to that. We need to say we're going to, if there's something going on, we'll plan far enough in advance. We need to be diligent on our side to give you time to prepare, but then we need to commit to it. 
So we're going to talk about that. What does it mean to commit to being a community that blesses? And then also, we're getting back into missions this year. God's told us to do it. The elders have already approved it. We're going on a mission trip in, in, uh, in this, this summer, uh, probably the last week of, Ju- of June. We're going to go on a mission trip, and we're going to go and, and see our people in Honduras. And, and so committing to that, what does it mean? It means you have to plan your life around it. It means you've got to get some money in your, in your bank account. It means we need to save some money in the church bank account to help you do that. And we need to together make an effort to go. That's what we do as a body. So getting back into missions, supporting our missionaries. We need to do a better job, and if anybody feels called to this, of letting, keeping you guys informed about what's going on with our missionaries. You have the cops in Alaska uh, who we support. You support. Part of whatever you give in the church goes to help the cops in, in Alaska uh, in, in a fly-in-only village in Galena. We have the Randolphs in Bulgaria uh, who we support financially. We have the Funderburks uh, who you met and gave their testimony here before they left to go to Tennessee uh, who are building a ministry there. We have the Robans in Turkey uh, who we support through the IMB in our cooperative program giving. Uh, so we, we're doing that, and we need to, we're going to continue to do that through your giving. Then also the church planting, uh, you know, whatever financial needs happen there. Uh, it blew them away in Ruston that we were, that this church, they're always asking, well, how does the church feel about y'all's camper? TGP Mobile. That's what God told us to do. Well, how do they feel about supporting this ministry over here? It, we're, we're, we're expanding. They love it. And now both of those, the two main couples of that group are now both giving to this church financially. Never asked them to do it. Why did they decide to do it? They want to, they want to be a part of what God's doing in this, in this church. We never even mentioned finances. And they're more than paying their way now. They, they're more than reimbursing what, they, what we've already invested out there. But God does that. So we're going to continue to plant churches as God leads us to. But it's going to be a challenge for everybody here. If you're all about yourself and you're all about having things the way they've always been, it's not going to be that way this year. So we've got to get ready for that. And then uh, the last thing I just want to mention is just increasing your faithful giving. We never talk about tithing here because we don't, that's an Old Testament concept, but we do talk about obeying God in the way that you give. And so this year, uh, we haven't completed our budget yet because we're slackers. And also because we have some things we're still working on. But you're going to see a budget. You're going to approve a budget in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, I'm fairly confident that our budget is going to be more than it is this year. And so how, how does that get taken care of? It, it's, God may send new people, but he also is, may challenge some of you to give more money. God wants you to grow in every area of your, of your relationship with him. So just ask God. Don't be afraid of that. God asks you to give more, then it means more miracles are going to come in your life. If you look at your finance and you say, well, I got this much, this many bills, and I got this much money. So how is, then just, just put God over here because it's always enough. Money is nothing for God. Just, just do whatever God tells you to do. We have no, we're not going to ask you how much you're giving. I don't know how much anybody in this church gives except for myself. I don't want to know. It's between you and God. This is your opportunity to grow with God. So it, this year, grow in that way. It's a new year. Take some new risks with God. Ask God what to do, and then do what he says. And, and you're going to encounter God in some incredible ways. 
in your finances that you never have before. All right. That's it. Not complicated. We're going to do our ABCs, and we're going to be a community that blesses this year. That's what we're about. But listen, church. Okay, let me close with this. Go back to our illustration at the beginning. You know why people like CrossFit? Because people like CrossFit. They're crazy about it. You know, most people say, these, these guys are crazy. Yeah, you know why? Because they're passionate. They found something that worked for them, and they're excited, and they're passionate, and they're trying to get everybody to be involved in it. Now, that might be more like old religion, but it is, there's some passion. <laughs> you know, cross, you don't find a CrossFit person that's not passionate, because if you're going to do CrossFit, you're passionate, Right? It's not like Planet Fitness, right? Pay a dollar a year <laughs> and go walk on a treadmill, you know, or like me. All right, so, so saying, saying that to say this, let's get it out of our heads and into our feet. Let's get it out of our hands and into our, out of our head and into our hands. Let's quit talking about it and let's go do what God's told us to do. It's never going to be easy. Satan hates the fact that you're going to spend time alone with God trying to figure out what he wants you to do with your life. He hates the fact that you're seeking God for, for his commands and how to live your life. He hates that and he's trying to defeat you. Let's, let's win this. Let's win that battle. Let's, let's bring everything to God. Let's start asking him. Let's start walking with him and see if God doesn't create a community that blesses others. All right? Let's pray. Father, I want to just start by thanking you for a great year. Lord, not great because we've done a lot, not great because we've, we can look back and say, wow, we are some kind of church, but because we can look back and say that we know more about you now than we did when this year started because you've been faithful to reveal yourself to us in the few times, in some cases, in many times, and lots of new ways that we've obeyed you this year. So, Father, you've given us an easy yoke. And I pray that we'll be more committed to our ABCs this year. That whatever you spoke this morning as I spoke, that uh, whatever each one of us have heard, that we'll make application and make a good start to this year by committing to do our ABCs with passion. And I pray, Father, that you would build a passion in our hearts. The scripture says that you work in us to, to will and to act according to your good pleasure. And so, Father, do that. We ask for that, that you would work in us, that from our hearts we would will to act according to your will, and that we would find pleasure in that as you do. And Father, most of all this year, we pray that you would make us a community that obviously has the hand of God on us, that you would show yourself through us, that we would overcome the obstacles and hurdles and the walls that the enemy puts in front of us, that he's constantly trying to steal away our light in this community, Father, that we would all overcome by the power of the Lamb. Father, we would walk in obedience and that, that people in this community would say, we want to go with you because Jesus is with you. Lord, let us be that, that kind of people. We love you, God. Thank you for letting us walk through life with you. In Jesus' name.